Hello and welcome to Who Wins Podcast, where each episode we pit pop culture icons against each other in a brutal fight to the death. This episode we are going to be looking at Beast versus The Beast. Uh, this is going to get quite confusing. So yeah, I think so. The Beast from Disney's Beauty and the Beast will heretofore be referred to as The Beast. Okie doke. Okay. Beast from X-Men we will refer to as Beast. Or Hank. Yeah, uh, yeah, that's a much better way. Why didn't I think of that? Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so Hank and the Beast, I guess, then. Um, I've got the same ring to it as a Hank and the Beast. Not really. Beast and the Beast kind of works a bit better. But that is going to get very confusing. Yeah. We'll, we'll stick with Hank. Let's just see how we go. Yeah. Um, so, okay, when we initially sort of brought this one up, I, I was sort of thinking that this would actually be quite clear-cut. Because on paper, you do kind of think that um, Hank is essentially super intelligent, extremely agile. Yeah. Um, he's got everything going for him, whereas the Beast is a giant rage monster. Yeah, I mean, the the one thing I... I'm probably come to a bit later on, but the one thing I never understood with um, with Disney's version was their continuity part, where he had the portrait of the prince was mm-hmm. the man he turned back into when the Beast went... No, if you're looking at age-wise, shouldn't he have been a child and then turned back? Well, yeah, there's a great big plot hole there because it's the same with Chip as well. Like, Chip... Yeah. technically shouldn't exist but I think that is literally just an error in, in wording because it's just the lyrics from Be Our Guest just say 10 years we've been rusting yeah. we've been so much more dusting and then earlier on um, the beast is cursed until his 21st year hmm. so everybody there is thinking that he was a child when he was cursed but I don't think that's necessarily the case it's just a case of when they were cursed time has stopped right okay because that is the only way really I could possibly see you could explain Chip yeah so um, I tend unless to there's, of them, there's lots of pots and kettles fucking about well yeah exactly um, um, but, yeah, but that, surely that, Mrs. Potts would break well you never know during childbirth takes all sorts. and isn't she like 90 well yeah so that's even more worrying even even all teapots need love too <laughs> But even assuming that all of this timeline stuff is just the time has stopped and it's 10 years, she's going to have had a kid in her, like, I don't know. Well, I, I don't know how old she is. She's got to be, she, she's, she's got she, to be she's like... She's an elderly lady. Yeah. So just she's because got to have a kid. She sounds old. Yeah, in at least her 60s, I would say. Yeah. Which, yeah. Like, yeah. Maybe Chip's adopted. I don't know. Maybe. Chip, if you're listening, we don't know if that wasn't Do we know that Chip's even her child? We just assume that he is because he's yeah, a Yeah, he calls her mama. Does he? Yeah. Okay, well... When, she, when she's put, she's trying to usher him into the cupboard to put him away for bed, he said, I'm not tired, mama, I'm not sleepy, mama, I'm going to yours. Maybe he's I may just have into this. that kind of thing. <laughs> Maybe. Know. Who knows? Um, but yeah, so that was one of the things that was going to, in my head, was going to sway this fight. Is the beast effectively an 11-year-old in the body of a lion, buffalo, whatever the fuck I don't think he was. is. I don't think he is. Okay. I think... So he's, he's, a, he's a, a full-grown man. Just two Yeah, essentially the, the curse lasts for 21 years and they've had 10 of those years. Right. Okay. Is the way I looked at it anyway. That's the only... I mean, at the end of the day, it's a cartoon based on a fairy tale. We probably shouldn't look at it too <laughs> in-depth. <laughs> I've never stopped us before. It's certainly not stopped me where Disney's concerned. But I think it is a case that there is just a time stop there. Because... Otherwise, everybody else would be old as well. Like, Lumiere is still relatively young. Yeah. Uh, whereas if you put 10 years on him and we assume he was 30 at the time of the curse, he'd now be middle-aged. Yeah. Then you've got... Coltsworth with Mrs. Potts would be ancient. Yeah. So... And, it's, and like I say, Chip is just a massive... So, I just, either way, I think... 
these. So it, 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 effectively, they're grown men. They're grown both men. Both of them are grown yeah, men. Yeah, they, they're grown well. They should have fallen in a segue to get to that Maybe point. he's an early adult. Yeah. I don't think he's like... I think Hank's definitely older. Yeah. Put it like that. Um, but, but more than that, although he was a man, I think the thing with the Beast is he is very... Well, they're both animalistic, but Beast especially, until Bell comes into the equation has regressed. He is a rage monster at yeah. the start of that film. And I, th- I think part of that is you look at uh, his age, notwithstanding the fact he's probably not a child, he's probably a man to start with. He's a young man. Yeah. And he hasn't he hasn't had social interaction for 10 years yeah. other than with a candlestick and a clock and you know, probably the feather duster at some point. Um, so... Yeah, he's bound to regress because he that social interaction is what would have helped him develop and become Whereas a man as opposed yeah. to a man child. He's locked himself away in the West Wing. And yeah, he's he's yeah. basically an overgrown toddler. Yeah, yeah, he is. Um, so I, I guess to start with, like Hank is easily going to outthink him. Um, yeah. The, the thing is, though, they're actually. I think we thought when we put this together, they were very similar. Yeah. And they're actually not at all. Um, even that, if you look down at their fighting stances as well, um, Hank, when he fights, kind of moves a little bit like a chimp or something like that. Yeah. He's, he's down on all fours and he's very he's very agile, whereas yeah. the beast moves more like a, a lion. Yeah. He, he's when, he, when you see him fighting the wolves, he's all big, poor swipes. Yeah, so, yeah. He's quite slow compared to Bit Hank, but he's definitely, I think, got a strength advantage. Yeah, I think so. I, was, I saw something on... Then it might not be quite accurate, but sort of breaking down the various different components that went into putting the beast together. And it was mm-hmm. sort of the face, the face and the mane of a lion. Then it was the body, I think, the horns of a buffalo. And um, but it's, it's all very, so it's, it's like all, a shit version of Brave Star, basically. Pretty much, yeah. yeah. But it's it's all very much four legged animals that know that that's their style. Where yeah. you say Hank is, I think I was reading something the other day. Sort of the, the initial idea is he's between, he's sort of a cross between simian and feline. Yeah, well, he started as a gorilla years and years ago. Yeah, so I mean, with that in mind, he's whereas he, he may still be on 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 four pads to to move to move around if he wants to, he has got the ability to walk upright and to 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 distinguish between his, his, his upper yeah. limbs and his lower limbs. I th- I think Beast can do that as well. I mean, in general day to day life, he's depicted as he, he's almost kind of fawn like the way he walks. He walks up on two legs. Yeah. But I'm thinking um, just in terms of him. But in terms of, yeah, when he fights, he tends to get down on, on all fours and swipe at things. Yeah. Um, no matter who he's fighting, sort of the Gaston fight is very similar at the end as well, yeah. where, you, where you see he's kind of hunched and he walks hunched as well. Yeah. Um, so I think Hank's going to run rings around him in terms of agility and he, he's certainly going to outthink him. Um, but if he gets in close enough, like... Killer claws, man. Well, that's it, and it's not only that. It's you. Know, Hank is very much he's, a, he's an intellectual with a wilder side that will fight, will throw down when it needs to. Yeah. Beast doesn't have that filter. He doesn't have that switch that says I'm like a human. I'm 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 person like I'm charming and I'm witty and all the rest of it. And then when I need to, I can kick the shit out of things. He is an animal who very much tries to turn on the charm to hide. Yeah, oh, absolutely. His, his, yeah. his character, his personality. It takes very little for him to fly off the handle. Yeah. Um, until we reach the end of the film, where obviously he's calmed down through Bell's influence. Um, but I guess that's 
that's kind of got to be the key here. Like one of the things we always look at is, is why these two are going to be fighting. And I think Hank is going to take some cajoling into actually having a fight here. So it's going to be beast that's on the offensive initially. Oh, definitely. And the the obvious way I see for him to get wound up there is, I mean, he is thick as pig shit, let's be honest. Like we said, he's a young man. He's not a particularly intelligent one. Yeah. He, Hank he's is, your standard Disney prince, to be honest. Pretty much, yeah. Um, whereas Hank is well-read, intelligent, charming, and probably pretty much everything Belle is looking for in a, yeah. in a, in a guy. And he's kind so, of worldly as well, being older and having sort of the more experience. Yeah. He's just, he takes a lot of that in. Whereas I said, Beast, even, even if he had stayed in his human form, you imagine he would have been very isolated, very much insular and kept in his castle and then told to marry a princess from you know, yeah. wherever. So, so I think there's an element of jealousy there which, yeah. which would initiate the fight. Um, so Beast is going to be coming at him fear of fangs flying. He's yeah. going to be all fours. Um, and I think initially Hank's just going to try and dodge him. I don't think he's going to engage. No, you're right. I think it's, it'd be one of those where he would be looking to calm the situation down, trying to talk his way out of it, trying to, not trying to reason with it. Mm. Unfortunately, he can't really reason with a lion-buffalo-goat hybrid. No, not at all. Um, and if he keeps, if he just keeps attacking and won't listen to reason, he's eventually going to wind himself. Yeah. Which is going to make him quite an easy target. Now, the problem is, even if he is an easy target, I think he's kind of got to be restrained in order for Hank to go in for the kill. Because I don't think he's going to give up willingly. Um, he kind of almost does at the end of Beauty and the Beast he kind of almost just lets Gaston take him but that's because he's mentally broken yeah. and emotionally broken which is not going to happen here no that's it and I think that at that point I think there was there was always the question as to whether Belle would stay of her own free will whether she would come whether she would come back yeah and at that point where mostly they, they storm the castle and Belle's not there and Belle's not um, Belle's not with him at the start so at that point you say he's broken he's given up because the one chance he had uh, redeeming himself has got has effectively gone as far as yeah. he's concerned it's not coming back she's not coming back in this instance by the time you get to whatever has kicked off with Hank Belle is there yeah and, and possibly able to actually calm him down um, if, if she throws herself between the two of them yeah she could probably talk them both down Hank's a reasonable guy yeah and, um, and as we said doesn't necessarily want to be fighting in the first no, place and Beast will listen to reason unless I mean Hank has been known to go into Berserker Rage now and again but he's really got to be pushed yeah and I don't think there's anything that would be going on here that would necessarily do that no I mean if anything I guess Beast is although he's it's magic essentially it's a curse he is technically a mutant there is an element of yeah. humanity in there so if anything Hank's going to be trying to recruit him yeah so that, yeah, I, I think the key is, is really whether Hank can talk him around or whether he's just going to keep attacking. Um, and I guess Belle needs to throw herself in the middle of that. Now, that being said, if she's in the middle of it, Beast would be trying to repress his kind of animal side. He yeah. wouldn't be flying off the handle. So yeah. I guess this could turn into a debate as opposed yeah. to her. That'd be fucking dull. <laughs> especially when one side could probably break down the human genome and the other side can barely read the first line of Romeo and Juliet yeah because the other side barely an example of the human genome yeah um, so the, yeah there wouldn't be much to <laughs> yeah there wouldn't be much to that um, 
Yeah, I mean, I think from what I said, I, I did have that thought while we were talking earlier on about the fact that effectively he, a beast is a mutant as well. Mm. Um, if you, if that 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 would possibly be one of the catalysts to, to bring him in, he's trying, Hank's trying to recruit him. Yeah, um, he's resisting because he doesn't want to fight. He's not. He, he has bell. He's not. He's 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 done with being the you know, yeah crazy rabid super monster. Whatever you know, whatever you want to be. Um, and that's that's. I think that's probably one of the the biggest points where he would not see reason is the fact that somebody wants him to go back to that something he spent effectively his whole existence yeah. trying to stop being. So, yeah. To try and encourage that side out a bit like um, I think it was. I can't remember which one of the X-Men, the early X-Men films it was, but trying to, to coax uh, Logan to join, I wouldn't be the first one, and he's trying to say, no, I, I don't remember, I don't know this, I, I, I don't want to be the, the, the killing machine, the animal, the rest. Yeah. I just want to be left alone to grow old in about 50 million years and, and yeah. die. Um, and it sort of smacks at that to a point where he's, he's trying to repress what other people want out of him. Uh, yeah. Um, and I, I think there's also an element of, he's a petulant, spoiled young man yeah. that is, if you tell him to do something he's going to deliberately do the opposite yeah as I say he's a, he's a typical prince you know, he's, he will have been very sheltered very outside he won't understand that there are wider consequences for the world there are other things going on than outside the castle and outside the kingdom speaking of which where are his fucking parents like if, even if we are saying he's a young man I don't know because in the in that bit at the start where the gypsy woman curses him, they were never mentioned. There, no, there was never any mention. So to that point, uh, to that point, then yeah, we expected to think he's a young man. He was li- he's he's living on his own. He's living on his own. Parents are pres- well, I don't know if his parents are dead. Then that makes of him course king. they're dead. It's a Disney film. But if his parents are dead, that makes him king, not prince. Uh, I guess it does actually. Yeah. Unless there's an older brother somewhere. And also, like, at no, how come at no point did anyone in that village go? I haven't seen the prince for a while. Yeah, it's been about a decade. Yeah. <laughs> Why is that castle all overgrown? Yeah. Like, surely it doesn't take a genius level intellect to put two and two together. Although, I mean, I guess the villagers are pretty thick until Maurice comes along. But, mm. but I, I don't know, I think maybe it's that sort of... If you think of, the, of when it's set and it being sort of medieval or, or sort of late Middle Ages... It's quite possible that the village is far enough away from the castle they wouldn't necessarily expect mm, interaction yeah. and they wouldn't necessarily know what was going on. They wouldn't know that, you know that a king had died unless somebody came with a message. And if no message came, they'd probably just assume everything probably was normal. just assume everything was okay, yeah. But yeah, no, so it's a valid point. Where the fuck are all the people? Right? Because yeah. you'd assume they'd at least be like a fucking doorknob or something. Hmm. Like Maybe they were. But then that's never really... Or maybe he killed them in an act of rage and that bit was kept out of the cut because then maybe he thought yeah. he was a bit unsanitary. Yeah. Who knows? But, I mean, saying that with the doorknobs and stuff, I guess if... Like, even though it's magical, if because there's an element of humanity in him that Beast is a mutant, then I guess all of the objects are also mutants? Yeah. So we're talking, like, these mutant candelabras and mutant yeah. clocks and basically the shittest version of X-Men there's yeah. ever been. Oh, the worst part of that is that when the spell is broken, the curse is broken and they all turn back to people, that's one fucking bill from Ikea. I have to replace all of that. Yeah, and they all turn back into people who are fully clothed. I've never quite understood that. Beast be naked when yeah. he turns back. You can see his nipples and everything. And he's the only one who wore fucking clothes anyway. Yeah. Whereas all the others all of a sudden are fully clothed. Apart from the feather duster, you get the impression she'd have been like a French maid's Yeah, beautiful. yeah. She's, she's a tart anyway, isn't she? But yeah, she's the only one you would assume would be in clothes because of the way she's, the way she's drawn, or the way she's yeah, yeah. 
apart from B. So they say he, he wakes up naked and everybody else is fine. Yeah, which is just weird. It is weird. You've got to wonder as well, when the curse was done, like, who decided, right, you're going to be a wardrobe, you're going to be a teapot? Well, yeah, because they don't even necessarily follow their characteristics. Like, there's no reason for Cogsworth to be a clock other than his name is Cogsworth. Yeah. Like, he's a stately old British gentleman who's a bit fussy and stuff. Yeah, that's I mean, realistically... They... That, to me, says, I don't know, well, I guess Mrs. Potts is the teapot, but the first thing you think of is, like, bowler hat or teapot or... Yeah, but then again, I think if you look at sort of the way they were looking pretty good portray the character he's very prim he's very proper he's very organised and everything has to run like clockwork effectively I guess yeah because so that, he's the butler yeah whereas the candelabra is a bit it's a bit more extravagant it's a bit more outlandish mm. um, and just more outgoing flamboyant like you would expect from fire so yeah, I maybe, guess, maybe somebody yeah. actually thought about it the one that got me is the wardrobe because it's just a big fat word yeah the wardrobe's just there for comic relief basically isn't yeah. she? Um, but yeah it's just one of those that, who doesn't know was the curse just right? so that general that I'm gonna, we're, we're going to turn you into things that are shit so the beast we're going to turn you into you know, the, 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 the dregs of humanity and everything else we'll turn into furniture because we can't be arsed and it's funny yeah I mean you'd think they'd turn them all, all into, into monsters yeah all yeah. into monsters all into some form of animal yeah I just never really understood that no I've never understood that either actually. I've never, I've thought, never thought, I've, thought until you brought it I've up I've not thought about it in that great depth it was just one of those I was, I was thinking um I was thinking the other day, because obviously with the film coming out, um, the live action film coming out soon, um, there's lots of stuff on Twitter web about it. Mm. And it was, um, there was a uh, Mrs. Potts and Chip um, tea set that had been made, presumably made when the, um, when the animation came out. Why the fuck didn't you want that? I don't know. But, um, <laughs> but yeah, <laughs> it's it was, on my sideboard. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I know. Um, but yeah, it was, it was one of those, and I was looking at it thinking, yeah, who decided that, you know, why is he not a sugar bowl? Why is he a chip cup? I don't know he's called chip. Yeah. But why is he not a sugar bowl? Why is he not a, a milk jug? Yeah. There's no why, way. Why is she not a sauce, no, a cooking pot, or a crock pot, or a shaving dish, rather than a teapot? Her mm. name is Potts. She could have been either. And it's, it's one of those weird things that you know, stops me sleeping. And how come some of them have faces and some of them don't? Yeah. Like, the dishes can sing and dance. Yeah, okay. But they don't have any fucking faces. Yeah. Neither does the cutlery. Maybe they've got speakers hidden them so they can sing. Maybe, like, you only get a face if you're a major player, but that seems kind of unfair. Yeah, I mean, you know, sure, well, I guess all servants aren't equal, are they? I suppose there's different levels. Yeah, yeah, levels of butlers butlers and underbutlers. So this curse has been really well thought out. Yeah. To be fair. Yeah, kind of harsh. It is. So if you you just turn them all into animals, that's kind of, you know, across the board. But then it's kind of unfair in, in the general sense, because what did the staff do to deserve being turned into wardrobes and shit? Yeah, totally. I mean, if anything, they were probably more or less on the on the gypsy woman's side. Like they probably hated him as well because he yeah. was a douche. Yeah. So they just couldn't do anything about it because he paid them. Yeah. So yeah, I I do think that was kind of unfair that I say no. The the dog, I think it was a cocker spaniel, would turn into a footstool. Yeah. I mean that was fucking annoying, but it's not fair. I'm I'm not an animal person, as you know, but it's still not fair on the dog to turn into a fucking stool. No. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, that, that is a pretty all-encompassing curse, isn't it? Like, we're even going to curse the fucking dog. Yeah. Like, surely you turn the dog into a human. Yeah, the dog can be the master for the next and then for the duration right? of the curse. Yeah, you'd uh, think so. Yeah, so you like walkies. Yeah. But, um, anyway. Yeah, massively off track. Yeah, usual. total direction. As usual. <laughs> yeah. Um, um, but yeah, so I mean, I was doing a bit of reading because I 
I'm familiar with the Hank character enough to uh, first introduction was in the cartoon so the early 90s cartoon um, and he wasn't really in it that much I seem to remember there were, there were pockets where he was in it but he disappeared for long periods they tend to focus on um, Wolverine and Cyclops it um, was basically Wolverine and the X-Men the cartoon yeah right? pretty much um, but I said that was a long time ago so now I watched that um, so I was doing a bit of reading and it was talking about some of the, you know, the origins of Hank and it said he was initially he was basically a big blue gorilla and then they, sort of, they rounded him out a bit and made him a bit more feline and yeah. gave him more measured characteristics he wasn't just an intelligent ape no uh, he's been through actually several what I think in the Marvel Universe they call them secondary mutations mm. um, which yeah they, it's resulted in him being less of it like originally he was kind of this grey gorilla-y kind of yeah. figure um, he ended up being blue I think he was supposed to be black and he was the story goes something along the, the comic colour printing process ended up making him blue and so right. I just decided to run with it probably um, safer anyway yeah and, and he became sort of more as you say more lion like more feline like and, and when you look at the two of them side by side um, you can't help but feel there's been some influence from Hank into the character design of Beast because they do look extremely similar yeah uh, especially facially and Hank was definitely around first. Well, yeah. Whilst the story of Beauty and the Beast would have been around for yeah. longer. Like, but it's, it's that iteration of Hank, yeah, that would have been around earlier. Yeah. Um, I mean, certainly when you look at the time of... Like I say, a lot of people, I guess, first sort of came, came into X-Men when the cartoon launched in the 90s, um, although they'd been around for years previously. Yeah. That was most people's first public exposure to X-Men. And that would have been, I guess, roughly in the same time yeah, that Beauty and the Beast was out. Yeah. yeah. Which, yeah... So there's there's definitely some sort of crossover of ideals there. Yeah. Um, I think there's the sub the sub part is I think most people's only exposure to X Men is the films. I think that's not probably the, not, now. Yeah, I mean the films are not awful. Uh, so the more recent ones are a bit ropey, but I think the pr the problem is they've because they came so close together. They've tried to tie them together and doing the sort of old time travel bit and and the um what was it Days of Future Past where they cross timelines and shit like that. And once you start yeah. doing that, you're always in danger of fucking it up. Their universe is a great big fucking mess. Yeah, um, um, it really is. Even to the part where I think it's in first class where they where um, uh, Xavier and um, Magneto, Eric, uh, where they meet they meet they first meet Wolverine in the bar and he tells them to fuck off. Yeah, yeah. And then later on, they first meet in the original film. They first meet him far later. And you, you get the impression, it seems they were looking for mutants to recruit, they wouldn't have forgotten about him. Yeah, he's not He's not a character you forget easily. Yeah, so, so I mean, it's one of those that, uh, I don't know, it's timeline-wise, they've just basically fucked themselves. Yeah. But people seem generally forgiving of that, because the films are relatively entertaining. I mean, there, there are points to them which you think, oh, fucking hell, why are you, why are you bothering with that? But for the most part, I think yeah. that you can, you, can sit, you can watch them, and you're not coming out thinking, why in the fuck have they done that? I think there's a big part of it, certainly for our generation, where we'll watch it because it's X-Men. Yeah, true. If you grew up with that cartoon, you will watch it because it's X-Men. Yeah, I mean, I th was it, um, I think it was X3, um, where you first had um, oh, Colossus, um, and he starts off with that big battle scene against the big robot thing. Yeah, yeah. And that was sort of the first real obvious throwback to the cartoon with Magneto's big robots and shit. Yeah. And I, okay, it was a simulation, it wasn't an actual yeah. glimpse of the future. But it was, the, it was the first real time you, th no, you thought, oh, fucking hell, okay, it does all tie back. And they are yeah, using yeah. the source material. They're not just not kind of writing new stories that are along the line of. Mm. So that was, no, that was a, like, to see that, it was one of those sort of geek moments of, oh, fucking hell, okay, yeah, I like that.
Yeah. No, they, they're okay. They're, yeah. I mean, some are better than others. But... I think since Marvel Studios have started doing their stuff and not lastly with Disney, I think there's been more effort put into the stories and preserving universes and things that, that went into the X-Men um, films where Fox bought them. Oh, there definitely has, yeah. And I think... I think Fox are basically just rolling out as many films as they can because they own the copyright at the moment and they just want to make as much money. Well, they have to keep hold of it as long as they keep making films and yeah, they keep they, the copyright. That's, that's it, because that's what happened with Spider-Man, wasn't it? That's what happened with Spider-Man, that's what's happening with Fantastic Four now, which is why we get countless shite Fantastic Four films. Yeah, just keep running them out. Yeah, as long as they keep making those films, they can keep, the they can keep hold of it, otherwise it will expire and then it will revert back to Marvel, which means Disney get hold of it. Yeah, and that's... I can, I can see from a business point of view why you wouldn't want that, but I think in terms of the product, is it necessary? No, do, do people necessarily need to keep seeing another shit Fantastic Four, another ropey version of Wolverine? Yeah, I'm not sure that right people are just going to stop watching them. That's it. I think, I think it was Spielberg um, said last year that there's definitely some, a moving trend to, towards apathy in terms of the, yeah. the whole comic book movies because there's so fucking many of them. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm starting to get tired of them. I mean, they're all, uh, for a while. The problem yeah. is that you look at them and they're all kind of, for what about for Marvel by numbers? Oh, absolutely. You know, the, the Marvel ones, especially now, yeah. feel tired. Yeah, I mean, um, that's it. The DC ones are starting to come in. We've talked about Batman and Superman before. Um, I'm quite excited about Wonder Woman. I'm super excited um, about Wonder Woman. Suicide Squad, I thought was going to be shit, and it wasn't as bad as I was expecting. It was relatively entertaining. I'll, I'll go on record and call it easily one of my top five films of last year. Okay. It, High price. It's not, it's not a good film. I think we can all it's, it's not a bad that. film, though. It's not a bad film and it's fucking entertaining. Yeah. And it's fun. I think that's the point. I think that's where a lot of them are getting lost now. I mean, suddenly Batman and Superman was so fucking dark and so dreary. Yeah. It, and, well, it's the polar get, opposite of Suicide yeah, I mean, don't get me wrong. I, I loved it. I thought it was... It's an unpopular decision. I thought it was great. Um... And it was, it was what I wanted it to be, is what I thought it should be, and I think they did it pretty well. Wasn't sure about the casting of Affleck to begin with, but if, I think he, put, he, he brought enough of, him, of his own spin to that character to differentiate from what we'd had previously. Yeah. And I think that worked out very well. Um, but it was so fucking slow. It wasn't slow, but it was so dull in places because it was just like, oh, fucking hell, it's another catastrophe, it's another catastrophe, somebody else is going to die, somebody else... At some point, you want a bit of relief. You want something to pick you back up. And for me, the only high spot of that was... Um, oh, fuck, what's his name? Jesse Eisenberg. Wow. Um, <laughs> just in terms, of, in terms of the comic relief. Yeah. Not the actual performance, but just because he was the only bit of comic relief you ever got. Yeah. Because he was... I don't know if he was looking for a particular type of portrayal, but he was almost of hamming up the way Kevin Spacey did in Superman Returns. Yeah. He was a, he was a, a very typical 50s sort of um, Batman villain. It was over the top. It was extravagant to yeah. a point where you wanted to punch him in the face just for being there. Yeah, I don't understand the choices that went into that portrayal no. at all. Me either. Um, it is the biggest problem with that whole film, yeah. if you ask me. Is first of all, what the fuck is he supposed to be doing? Yeah. And second of all, what the hell? Like, what? Who decided to let him go that off the rails? Yeah. Like, was that his choice and Snyder just didn't rein him in? Or did Snyder just say, you know what you need to do? You need to be absolutely fucking mental. Yeah, you need to be Willy Wonka on crack. Yeah. Um, um, let's say, that, that was, from, from a character point of view, you're right, it was, uh, there were some very bizarre choices. But let's say, for me, it was, the, it was the only break from everything's shit, everything's shitter, everything's getting worse. And it was just, they picked you up enough to say, 
all right, what's going on? Where are we going next? Mm. Um, but yeah, it was it was one of those. I say for, for me, as I said, Suicide Squad was the antithesis of that. It was fun. It was lighthearted. Yeah. wasn't a brilliant film, but it did what it needed to do to keep people engaged. And I think it's again, it's the opposite of what you get with the Avengers. That the Avengers are all very serious. It's all mm. even though you don't know, look at the first one, not so much the second one, but so the the dialogue in the first one, where, you know, with Whedon cracking his usual jokes and stuff, that was great. It was, it, but to a point where you think, right, okay, at the end of the day, the world's at stake. That, you know, some, you know, there's going to be some big plays. All, is that it? I've seen this before. I've seen this in Iron Man and Iron Man yeah. 2 and The Hulk and Captain America and Captain America 2. And you just get to that point and think, oh, fuck, I don't know. They are very tired now. At least, at least with the Fox stuff, they do... They are reaching for, for different angles, you know, like you say, Days of Future Past, yes, it's messed up the timeline, but at least they went for it. Yeah, there they you go. did some of it. I mean, Deadpool was fucking fantastic. Yeah, Deadpool was amazing. And and they weren't afraid to go for that and make it R-rated, and now they've not seen it yet, but it looks like they're doing the same thing with Logan. Yeah. So, they're not afraid to go for it, whereas Disney and Marvel are playing it a bit more safe. Yeah, and I think so, they, they were always going to, and I think the... Not a problem as such because they're building a universe, they're building a product, but because you've got sort of twenty odd films slated mm. across the course of however many years it is, that it's it's so finely mapped and choreographed. There's no room there's anywhere. No room, no. And it has said it's just it's just by numbers and people are going uh, people are getting fed up of it. Which is a shame, really, because as I've only just realised this, but as we've just talked about, right, they haven't got Fantastic Four and they haven't got X Men. However, they have got an army of mutant servants that have been turned into clocks and dishes and beasts. So yeah. they do have a shit version of X-Men. Yeah. And they do have the Incredibles. So if they just wanted to merge their universes... Well, yeah, that's it. Um, there's, there's a lot of scope for that. And obviously, they own Star Wars as well. So they really wanted to go all out. Well, yeah. Um, that'd be really fucking messy, but, yeah. Yeah. But, maybe, but yeah, who needs the X-Men? Yeah, when you've co- got copyright us. Yeah. Disney, that's ours. Fuck off. Yeah, when you've got Beaston's team of mutant... Silverware. Silverware, yeah, exactly. Although I guess you kind of they only need to go up against Magneto and they're instantly fucked. Yeah. Because pretty much all of them are metal. So Yeah, it depends what type of metal though, because not all metal yeah, I guess. It's pretty much gotta be Mrs. Potts saves the day. She's oh, fucking so. Yeah. I guess. But um yeah. So yeah, it is a funny one when you when you think about it, so all the stuff they could potentially throw into that universe and if they if they smushed everything together. Yeah. And then you've got fucking Mickey Mouse's uh, the little mops from Fantasia, they could cause chaos. Yeah, no, they kind of belong. Yeah, they should be in that kind castle. of bracket, yeah. yeah. It's that, I mean, I know all Disney films are magic. So I guess they should, they're very similar to the Duster, though, aren't they? Yeah. They, they are. It's like, they she'd, be, she'd be different enough that she'd be directed traffic if they were, if she were commanding them as an army. Yeah. She, well, if she'd they be like a boss. She, yeah, yeah, she'd be the general. Yeah. Well, Mickey'd well, be the general because he waves his hands and. Well, yeah, but they, well, actually, they kind of disobey him, don't they? So. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. But um, um, yeah, so getting off point again. Wildly, wildly off topic. That's for about right. an hour, there. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> we've got to the topic, yet, have we? No, not really. Then we started fighting. <laughs> Jesus Christ! I know we've not done this for a while, but. That's all right. It's all content. Um, but yeah, so in, t- in terms of the fight, then, I said what the, the trigger is going to be. I say. For, for, my, for my thinking, the trigger's going to be one of two things. It's either that Hank is trying to recruit Prince, whatever his name was. Well, okay, we're going to go off topic. Well, this, this isn't really off topic. Uh, okay, technically, he does have a name. However, yeah. it was retconned. Um, I, look, 
there is a whole section of the Disney fan community that get really up in arms about this and say that he doesn't have a name, but he does. He's Adam. I thought okay. he was Adam, and I think no, that was um, something else. But it's retconned, but it's definitely his name. It's yeah. mentioned on merchandise and everything. It definitely is yeah. his name. No, I thought it was, and I wasn't sure. Um, but yeah, so f- for me, the, the the fight is going to start in one of two ways, and we've discussed them both already. Either Hank is going to try and recruit Adam okay. and try and persuade, I think is probably the best word to use, him to revert to that character. Now, I don't know whether that character is something that's now innate and within him, and he can go back to it, or whether he'd have to curse him again. Um, yeah. I'm not quite sure on that. Um, or the other side of it is that, as, as you said, they're... The, the version of Hank that we see is very much the sort of man that Belle is looking for throughout the film. And she sort of compromises a bit because she sort of realises that it's not all about her ideals. And Whereas you had Gaston, who's the, the opposite of what she wants because yeah. he's an alpha male and all the rest of it. So is Beast. Well, Gaston and Beast... I, I, I don't know if I've spoken to you about this before, but like Gaston and Beast are essentially the same character. Yeah. They, they just start at opposite ends of a spectrum. Yeah. And meet in the middle. Yeah. Wait, they are exactly the same character. Yeah. Um, it's it's just that when they start off, we've got Gaston, who's... I mean, he is actually a hero when it starts. We've no reason... Other than the fact he's a bit yeah. of a sex pest. Oh, he's a complete douche monkey. But he's a, he's a war hero, I think, he's, isn't he? He's a, like, a soldier, he's a... No. Well, he's, a, he's the hunter. He's the hunter in the village, so he provides for them. Everybody looks up to him. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, he, he's definitely a hero, whereas Beast is locked away and secluded in this castle, and... Whereas Gaston definitely has the rage in him, he's able to deal with it a bit more because he's out in public and he's adored and everything. Yeah. When that is then taken away from him, it drives him off the edge. Whereas Beast starts at the opposite end of the spectrum where he yeah. has nothing. He has nothing and nobody and nothing. And then he gets adoration from Belle. Yeah. And so he starts to be slightly more humanised. And so by the end, they've completely flipped their viewpoints. Yeah. And Gaston has essentially become the beast. And the yeah. beast has essentially become Gaston because he's the master again and all the servants are looking up to him and Belle's in love with him. Mm. And so they are... That's why Gaston is such a great villain. Yeah. Because he, he essentially is the complete mirror image of the hero. Yeah, and I think if you, there, there are versions of other films that have done that. And it, it's a very common trope. Um, yeah, it is. But even if you look at... Um, Look at just of animated films. You look at um, The Incredibles, mm. um, and you look at what was the one that Will Ferrell did? Um, was it Mega Mind or something like that? Yeah, he did Mega Mind. I've not seen that. Um, again, stuff. It's he the 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 main superhero is Brad Pitt, and he basically he goes in he goes in, he he fixes death and he goes into hiding. So then there are no superheroes, and the supervillains take over. And you you start at that point where you've got Mega Mind who's a supervillain, and he's a, he, go, he transcends that and goes, he, he realises he can't have one without the other mm-hmm. um, and you get to that point where exactly the same you've, you've had that complete journey and you go oh fuck yeah okay fair enough they were very similar to begin with because if they were that disparate to begin with yeah. okay what what they were doing what their aims are are very different but their actual character is very similar and their ideals are very similar and they realise you need a balance for it and I don't know if you've seen um, Lego Batman yet not yet there's an element of that um there's always been an element of that in Batman. Yeah. There's always the very thin line between Batman and the Joker. Yeah, that's it. And I mean, always. Without giving the film away, I mean, that comes up in the very first fight they have. Yeah. That you know, Batman doesn't accept there's any sort of correlation between them, there's any sort of similarity between them. And that's what then yeah. tips Joker over the edge and that's what sets off the rest of the film. Yeah. Um, and yeah, it's, it's an interesting line. It's interesting to see how, how well that's portrayed. And I think it'll be interesting when the new Beauty and the Beast film comes out which I 
it's going to be horrible for so so many reasons. Um, but it'd be interesting to see how much they keep to that from the original, or how, how much they push Gaston away from that. It's the key for me, to be honest. Um, Gaston is definitely my favourite Disney villain. Uh, probably my favourite character in the Disney canon, if I'm honest. I like Jafar, I'm going to be honest. Just because he's so fucking stupid. Yeah. He, 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 he purports to have been very intelligent, but he's a fucking idiot. Yeah, but um, that, that is key for me, and it has been from day one, is how are they going to handle Gaston? Um, because he is the key to that whole film, that relationship between him and the Beast. Mm. He's also the catalyst for everything, you know? He's, Belle is pissed off with Gaston, which sets her off on one, and then Maurice goes off and she goes after him. Gaston is key to the film. Yeah. Um, it takes run-ins with Gaston for Belle to realise. She has a whole moment where um, imagine being Gaston's wife, and then she starts singing about how she wants adventure and, yeah. and all of this. So it's key to unlocking her character as well. So if they fuck up Gaston, yeah. they fuck everything. They've all... I've not seen it yet, so I need to reserve judgment, but in my opinion, they've already fucked up the beast. I think it looks that CGI looks terrible his yeah. horns go the wrong way on his head yeah. which is a minor thing I know <laughs> but, but not, why it? would you do that you why would you change effort. the direction of his horns well that's it there's obviously somebody's made a choice to do that yeah and it, it's not no, because it's, it's CG so it's not as if they've built something and they've, they've manufactured the wrong way and they've gone oh fuck we've got time to change it somebody has gone in and designed that yeah and has rendered that in such a way that they keep on rendering it every frame yeah that's a conscious choice no, that, that's a conscious choice. So, what was the point in that? Yeah, is it I, to I make it more streamlined? Or yeah. no? I, I, I do not understand. Um, I, we're going off topic again, but I have heard interviews with Luke Evans where he's describing the character of Gaston, and that does give me hope at least, because he does yeah. talk about how he starts off as this complete buffoon who you actually really like. You're just accepting that he's a, an absolute boorish idiot. Yeah. And then slowly throughout the film, he gets twisted by sort of jealousy and hatred and becomes. He, he really does become a fucking horrible piece of work by yeah. the end. Um, but you've been on that journey with him and you've actually seen him just as this idiot to begin with. So you, you understand his progress and, and they need to do that. Um, if they just make him an out and out villain and a sex pest, which is in him. Yeah. <laughs> or, or not as a case <laughs> Yeah. Um, and and there's, there's been this talk come out recently about now uh, LeFou's going to be an openly gay character in yeah. the film, which uh, that also worries me because I, of the effect that's going to have on Gaston's character. Yeah, I, mean, I, I don't... They're making a big... A lot of what the internet's saying is they're making a big fuss about because it's a, an openly gay character in a Disney film. That I couldn't give two shits about. No. That's not... That's fine. The problem is, as I say, is what it does to the story, what it does to the character. What is the reason for making that character yeah exactly that I mean, is my, that's my thing with it yeah the, the whole point of Gaston's character is that everybody loves and adores him yeah so if all of a sudden now LeFou is particularly infatuated with him then that kind of cheapens the adoration from everybody else so it takes away from that character and then his reaction to that has to go one of two ways he either has to shrug LeFou off completely which makes him look like an idiot not Gaston now LeFou yeah um, bearing in mind his name actually means LeFou in French um, which probably not the best portrayal for your first openly gay character either but that's no. another kettle of fish um, so Gaston either strikes it off completely and it, in which case what is the point yeah or they could take it down the road which I suspect they may do in that given his character he's likely to not accept it which 
there's definitely an element of Gaston being closeted. That is yeah. there. That is definitely there. But if you bring that to the forefront, then that just makes him an uncontrollable rage monster who wants to kill the beast because, well, there's a literal translation and that is the beast within him. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think for me as well, that I see, it's it's the choice of making the food gay. I don't I don't understand why they've needed to do that. As you said, the the whole point of Gaston is everybody loves him. So yeah. what, setting him apart as it sets it sets him up for a fall. But if you look at the 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 Disney film, the the animated Disney film, because it's going to get really confusing. Um, if you look at the animated Disney film, the whole, all the way through, he's encouraging Gaston. Or she's just playing hard to get. You need to do this. You need to do that. If you've got an openly gay char- character who is somewhat lustful for the person he is or mm-hmm. for his companion why is he going to be helping him why is he going to be encouraging him to and to, to pursue that exactly yeah, to, to what end we then say well hang on a minute that doesn't quite work because now all of a sudden you're going against yourself and saying the narrative so the character isn't true yeah or you're breaking the narrative yeah well I mean the character if you go back look obviously the live action version is an adaptation and it should be I don't want it to be exactly the same no, it should be not, yeah. they've not really done that with the other live action films they've done and that's why I've liked them and they've been mm-hmm. good they have essentially they are reimaginings then I hate that word but that is what they are they're not remakes they've yeah. gone in a different direction they've done something with it but, but I'd rather they did that than just remake a shot for oh, shot absolutely but LeFou's character in the cartoon is essentially Joe Exposition LeFou has no other purpose yeah. other than to move the story on yeah. he is literally the guy that stands there and goes oh you're talking about Belle the inventor's daughter yeah like as if you don't re- well I guess maybe kids do need a few things pointing out but yeah he is Joe Exposition that is why he is there yeah um, so all of a sudden they're adding all of these layers to a character that actually has very little importance in the story you could remove him from that film entirely yeah and other than losing the song you don't lose anything yeah because all he does is explain things um, so yeah I'm, I'm slightly worried by yeah I, I saw that this week and I, that, that does concern me just because I don't it sounds harsh and it sounds fairly phobic and I don't see the point in making that character game no I agree and, and yeah I, I know I know what you're saying there's always there's a PC way to approach this and we've never been PC so fuck it um, look I'm all for it if the story needs it. Yeah. And I don't see how it does, but maybe it'll make sense when we watch the film. Maybe. Who knows? It, to me, it smacks of a, of it's stunt. a stunt. Yeah. yeah. It is a stunt. That's it. There was a lot of talk when, before, when they announced they were doing um, the second Frozen. Um, there was lots of talk that they're going to make um, the love interest for Elsa. So yeah. They're going to make that one. Fine. If, if it makes sense. If it yeah. makes sense, yeah, fine. But doing it for the sake of doing it, it's more like a. It's more likely to ruin the product, and b. It's more likely to piss people off. Yeah, absolutely. Um, it it has to be a motivated choice, and it has to make sense for that character. Otherwise, you're just doing it for the sake of doing it. And and that's not to say that he should be hetero or whatever. It's just to say that his sexuality is not important. Yeah. We don't need to address in, it in this instance. Yeah, yeah. We do not need to address it. It's yeah. just. It doesn't matter what he is. He hasn't got a love interest. Yeah. So the choice of making Gaston his love interest and throwing a whole triangle up there between what? Lafou, Gaston and Belle. And then it was a square and then you got Beast on the other corner well, as well. Well, you got Beast on the other corner as well, yeah. It just complicates the plot for no reason. And as you say, from a motivation point of view, why would Lafou then be helping Gaston yeah. to woo Belle? That doesn't make any sense at all. 
Yeah, so it's it is a worry, and I think that's yeah, it's it's going to be a difficult one to to pull off. I yeah. Think. Anyway. Anyway. <laughs> still, back to the fight. Yeah. <laughs> back to the fight, which after forty three minutes, not a single punch has been thrown. That's good for us. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, but I think I say I think those are the. I think we were talking. I think we have we gone to that? We were talking about sort of the differences between um, Hank and um, and the Beast, and then in yeah. terms of how similar the Beast and Gaston were. That's how we got to that point. Um, but yeah, I mean, the whole point of Belle's journey is that she stuff. She realizes that finding a a, a man or a, a person that could be you know, again sexuality is not important, but but finding somebody who she identifies with who is pretty much the opposite no, the same as her mm-hmm. right? yeah. somebody who loves books somebody who's cultured somebody who's well read somebody who doesn't want to settle for living in a small village surrounded by pitchforks and, and, yeah. and, and Gaston um, and no, that's, that's what she's looking for but then she comes to realise that's not actually what she needs yeah. and I think that's one of the big things of um, certainly later Disney movies and certainly all the Pixar movies is that you, the main characters don't necessarily get what they want at the end yeah. But they get the thing that they need. So if you think of Toy Story, uh, Toy Story 3, they don't go off to college with Andy. They yeah. find a new, uh, they find Bonnie, they find a new uh, mm-hmm. owner, effectively. Uh, in Cars, Lightning McQueen doesn't win the Piston Cup. Yeah. Um, but he, he's a more... Spoilers! Oh, fuck off, he's filmed the far <laughs> Toy Story 3 was, what, t- eight years ago? I have no idea, it was a long fucking time ago. Yeah, I mean, Toy Story 4 is nearly out. Yeah. Um, but, you know, Cars was 2006, and I'm, I'm not spoiling anything that hasn't... No, you, you couldn't have seen already if you really wanted to. Yeah. Um, same as when we talked about Star Wars before, we spoiled a 40-year-old film, you know. Um, but, yeah, the, the, so the, but the whole thing of that, and, and in much the same as... Even the likes of Cinderella. Okay, Cinderella met Prince Charming and got to go and live in a, you know, live a fairy tale life. But that wasn't... The, 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 the key point there wasn't that she... Married Prince of the Happy Ever After, that she got away from the family that abused her, the, the people mm-hmm. who were supposed to look after who never did, even though they had a vested interest because they were her family, whereas she found this person who was willing to love her for who she was and all the rest of it just be, because they yeah. could. And I think that's always been a strength of Disney's, is sort of that embracing of, of character rather than just you start at point A, you get to point B, yeah. and you're happy ending. And I, I have a whole bee in my bonnet about this, which I know we've got. Um, further podcasts like that that we can probably talk about this on but I always get annoyed when people throw the fucking sexism stick at Disney princesses and say ah oh, they're just looking for a man no they're really no, not, not. there's a lot to these characters yeah but if you look at certainly you look at um, Mulan and Pocahontas are obvious examples yeah um, Pocahontas is slightly different because it's also based on um, true stories and um, but Mulan is no, she wants to be accepted she wants yeah. to know haven't seen Mulan for a fucking long time looking at yeah me either um but no, Mulan is looking to be accepted. She's looking to be herself, effectively. You look at Rapunzel and Tangle, she's not looking for a man, she's looking for herself. She wants to know she why... She wants to get out of the tower. Yeah, she, she wants, wants to know to why she doesn't have a life. Yeah. You know, that, no, that's what she's looking for. You look at, um, you look at Frozen, the, the, the relationships in it, mm. the main relationship is between two sisters, and the, uh, the younger sister, uh, Anna... Yeah, okay, she knows she she wants to get married, she knows she she meets Hannah, she wants to get married, she meets Christoph, she falls in love. Yeah, that's fine, but that's secondary. The the whole point of it is that you have two women who have lived very separate lives yeah. learn to come together, they learn to they learn to be together. You know, um, Elsa learns to control her fear, control her anger, wherever it is, mm. not join the dark side effectively. Yeah. Um that's the point that that's the that's the, the, the basis point. of that story. Yeah. So the, the secondary story, the sort of the, the finding a man, the falling in love, that's not integral to the story. 
Yeah. Uh, no, and they, they kind of, in, certainly in Frozen, it's a bit of a MacGuffin, the, the whole thing of an act of true love with Thor, Frozen Heart, and all the rest of it. So you're all, all the way thinking, oh, she's got Hans back at the castle, and she's got Kristoff, should we talk between the two? In reality, it's not. It's her love for her sister. Mm. And that's a bottle. And that, it's a, it's a big thing, and a lot gets made with Disney, as you said. They're just, no, they're, they're there to look pretty and find men. Yeah. And that's no, bullshit. not the case at all. And so, and if you look at the majority of Disney films, the majority of the Disney films, that, and so that love interest is there, and I think the, the, only, the only real example of the damsel in distress who needs rescuing to a point where she actually, where the prince has to rescue her is Sleeping Beauty. Yeah, completely. She is easily the shittest Disney princess. Yeah. Because she literally is a damsel in distress. Yeah. Ironically, the prince does nothing either. It's all the fairies. <laughs> the yeah. prince does absolutely yeah, nothing. Yeah, he hacks down a few brambles. No, he doesn't. The fairies do it for him. Oh, they make him move the sword. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But, I mean, he does absolutely nothing. Philip is shit. Yeah. He's awful. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, the, uh, as I was saying, the, the whole thing of that is that they are these strong female characters. And as, I get, as, as I, I get wound up when I see it because it's, it's very much not the case that no. they can't do anything themselves. The majority of them are entirely self-sufficient for the majority of the film. And they, if anything, they bring the men around yeah. rather than the men completing them. They, it's, they complete the men. Yeah, exactly. I, I mean, think it's a bell being the prime example. Yeah. Um, same as you look if you look at um, Princess and the Frog. Yeah. Um, one of the lesser known ones I hadn't seen it until recently. Um, but yeah, you've got a strong, fiercely independent woman who has goals, who has ambitions, mm. constantly being downtrodden. Um, a because she's black in a in a part of America which doesn't necessarily or didn't at the time take kindly to black people, and also because she was a woman. Mm. And I think it's the when she has she has a deposit for a restaurant. And it's oh yeah we've given it some we've given it to a, a man who had the whole amount yeah when they don't really agree the deal because, but they could they could blow off the deal because she was a black woman not a white man yeah um, but then the prince comes around the prince is very charming he's a womanizer he's um, very extravagant very flamboyant and he learns how to be a person where she learns to value herself more and it's like you have that sort of completion angle of it yeah and you don't get that in a lot of films especially you, know, you look at a lot of films that are targeted to um, to older audiences and films that traditionally aimed at women. They're all about finding a man, finding your happiness, for not building yeah. that on somebody else. Yeah, and you don't get that in Disney. You, 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 no, it's it's a it's pushed that way all the way along. Yeah, but then right at the end, it's pulled out, and that, actually, it's that reading is there on a base level if you want it, but to the level it has those films as a criticism is entirely wrong because yes, as you say, yes, maybe these women do end up with the man of their dreams, but that is not always the goal. Yeah. Even, and the one that gets criticised the most, and I think it's actually the one that's probably least deserving, is even when you look at Ariel and The Little Mermaid, mm. and people go, oh yeah, she gives up everything for the guy. And it's like, no, no, no. No, if you go all the way back, she's a petulant child right back at the start who's yeah. fed up with her lot in life yeah. and just wants to see what it's like yeah, the fact, up on land. The yeah. fact that she gets up there and falls in love instantly when she sees the guy all right, we yeah. need to move in that But, but the, fact, the fact he's a prince is irrelevant. Yeah. No, she, 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 get, she gets to see what she wanted to see. Yeah. But then the, there's another story that falls from that. Yeah. And yeah, okay, then you get the, the rest of the story and it, does, it is more of a sort of you know, lost love story. But it's not the be all end all. The, the thing that she wanted, she got. She got to be on that. And, and she fiercely pursued it herself. Yeah. Yes, okay, she did that by going Ursula and and making a bad decision and stuff, but she essentially leaves everything that she knows behind, which is a life of, let's face it, great wealth and yeah, a true. reasonable degree of power as well, yeah. being Triton's daughter. She leaves it all behind and goes, you know what, actually, fuck this. This is what I want in life, and I'm going to go out and get it. 
Now there's something to be said. Okay, so a man comes into that as well. But yeah, but if but that is like she she doesn't she doesn't love him because he's a prince. She loves him because he is a surface dweller. Yeah, essentially, and he's part of what she yeah, wants. She wants to be part of that world. Yeah, he could have been anyone. He could have been the deckhand, not the prince. Yeah, on the ship. He you know, it could have been that she got up. She she found a dog and fallen in love with the dog. Yeah, because it's because of what it represents. Exactly. And it's yeah, it's it's a it's a difficult one. So I've I've not really it's, it's not one of the Disney films I know that well. Uh, Little Mermaid. It's it's essentially a story of of a woman pursuing what she wants in life. It's a young girl pursuing yeah. everything that she wants. And I think when that when Disney did that was about eighty nine ninety I think. It was early nineties I think yeah. Yeah, so I mean at the time there was a lot of there, not just in anime films but in like in live action films and in, in TV there was a lot of that sort of thing. There was a lot of female empowerment there's well you don't need a man to be happy you can go off you can pursue your own yeah. goals you can, you can achieve what you need to without uh, without doing that and if if you find something along the way be it man, woman mineral, vegetable whatever embrace it but you do, that's not the be all and end all that's not what you need exactly a, a weaker character would have accepted the fact that she's a princess and has everything she could possibly need yeah and, and like there would the, be like no the, story like, like, like the sisters yeah exactly exactly um, it's Gonna bug me what year it was now. It was I the want, start of the Renaissance. I want to I say, want to say eighty nine or ninety. It was eighty nine. Get it. Um, but yeah, there, there was a whole glut of that sort of thing at the time, and to a point where you see a lot of you've seen the evolution that to where you've gone through um, things like Buffy and Alias into Veronica mm-hmm. Mars into Hunger Games. So what you have these strong female leads, and yeah, okay, they are very, they're very, they're very strong. Well, they are guided by their hearts to a point where they know they do, they get they get they get into relationships. So rather than being, oh, he's so dreamy. I need this man. It's they. They meet people. They fall in love with the with the person, not the fact that not, not yeah. the fact that they're just, just a man for the latch onto. But ultimately, they are their own people, and they sacrifice what they need to sacrifice to get where they need to be to achieve their goals. And I think coming back very loosely to um, to what we were talking about, yeah. that's kind of the opposite of what Belle does. Upon she 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 sort of realizes her goals were were unrealistic rather than rather than rather sacrificing. Yeah. What she, you know, the relationship she has to achieve her goal, she sacrifices her goal because she realizes that the goal was wrong. And by the end of the film, yes, yeah, she, she's shifted on that, but there's also an element there of it was never her plan, but she has now essentially become a princess. Yeah. So if she wants adventure, she yeah. can fucking have it. She's well, a so, princess now. Yeah. She can have whatever she wants. Uh, she's got a library full of books. Yeah. Which it, which is probably enough for her. Yeah. To be honest. Um. But yeah, it, it's about. Yeah, let's save this for another podcast. Let's yeah. put a pin in it because <laughs> yeah, we could we could do this I could day. talk this all day. Yeah. yeah. Um, okay, so all the way back then, right? There is a fight. <laughs> there needs to be a fight at some point. <laughs> there needs to be a fight. <laughs> yeah, we're nearly an hour in, and nothing. Nobody's thrown a punch yet. Nobody's no. made a tooth and anger. <laughs> no. Um, so I yeah. I, so I think if it's if it's down to to Hank coming to try and recruit the beast, then and he doesn't want anything to do with it. Bells going to get in the middle and maybe they, they do start debating as we said eventually the beast is going to get fed up with that yeah and just take a swipe and that's that's, that's gonna it's going to be him throwing down first yeah now I guess this fight is going to happen in the forest yeah I, um, I mean looking at the way because um, there is an X-Men link to this uh, this podcast uh, looking at the way if you, if you go back through to the the latest three of the X-Men films um, and I've not seen Apocalypse, shamefully. Um, but you look at the way so you had Xavier and um, 
Magneto went and they, they, they went hunting for people, went looking for people, they went right. to them. It was never a case yeah. of, you, you want to join us, you come to us. It was, we will find you, we will explain what we're doing, we'll sell you on the benefits of what we're doing, and then you can come with us if you want to. Yeah. So, in that perspective, Hank would have gone to him, Hank would have gone to the castle. Yeah. Um, or at least, they'd have, no, he'd have gone to the village and... Yeah, yeah, yeah. to the castle. Well, if he'd gone to the village, Gaston would have shot him. Well, yeah, I was, I was just going to say, if he'd gone to the village, he'd have been, uh, he'd have been set on fire. Yeah, he'd have been on Gaston's wall. But, so, um, but, yeah, so he, but he'd have gone to the beast. Uh, yeah, yeah. So, so like, I mean, assuming he's not actually going to get into the castle. Um, well, he can climb up the wall, he's fairly. You know, I, I guess he's, he's he's a, they could be fighting. Yeah. yeah, they could be fighting on the battlements, just like Beast and Gaston fight, I guess. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, well, that's, that's probably makes the most sense. Yeah. Um, so if they're up there and be swipes, the first thing that Hank's going to do is dive out of the way and probably take high ground. Yeah. Um, yeah, because again, having that sort of feline aspect, he's going to be able to jump a yeah. lot easier than, than the beast. Yeah, at which point he's probably then going to go for an aerial attack. Now, the thing with that is, we're talking about his agility and stuff being one of his advantages. Um, we've seen on well in the animated version and even in the trailer for the news we've seen beasts take on several wolves at once yeah. who are far more agile than him and smaller and quicker yeah but you launch any kind of aerial attack at him and he's up on his on his two feet and swipe him with those paws yes to a point however if you look at the the key part is that he's fighting wolves they're again they're animals whereas hank has the animalistic side of him but he is very much an intellectual human yeah, so he's not going to just jump he's not head just, on. He's not just going to go, right, I've got the higher ground, I'm going to launch myself at you. He's going to wait him out. If you think of the um, the Batman episode we did, where he had some Adam White, he had some using yeah. shadows and you know, sort of trying to bait him. Even to the point where, um, what's it, um, the second Monsters Inc. film, I can't remember what it's called. Monsters University? Yeah. Um, where they're in the cabin at the end, and Mike, was, Mike has to get out, and he's sort of do, doing all the sort of sleight of hand and making the noises and sort of yeah. throwing things. Hank would be doing more of that, the misdirection. Trying to get, trying just to completely disorient beast so that he can get to a point where he is above him, but he's behind him. Yeah. So he's not going to see him coming, because that, that that's that's where the advantage is. It's not just the fact you've got the higher ground. And yeah, I guess choice. you're right. He's going to be pinballing around the place, yeah. isn't he? But he he's got the intelligence to do that. Now whether he has the the combat intelligence to do that, I mean, certainly he's got the, the intellectual intelligence. Whether he has the combat intelligence to know. How to misdirect people? How to uh, how to get around in such a way to, to get a tactical advantage would remain to be seen. Mm. But I, I dare say that I mean I, one of the things I've read I think you had an IQ of in excess of two hundred in one in one of the iterations. Yeah, I'm fairly sure you could see a good flanking point if you if you were that intelligent. Yeah, and I mean let's not forget that you may not have say the the combat the combat training of say a Wolverine or a Cyclops or something like that. But he has been in several scraps with the X Men. Like yeah. it's not like he doesn't know how to fight. So no, that's it. He's going to know to look for these things. So he's going to be pinballing around the place, and I guess leaving these yeah disoriented looking for him. So it's going to be an attack from behind. Yeah. Now or underneath. I mean, if you think when they were on the they were on the battlements, so there were lots of the Disney castles. Sorry, lots of overhangs and lots of them. There's lots of balconies and things yeah. like that. He's he's got the claws. He's got some of the let's see. Cross between a, uh, an ape and a, and a cat, effectively. He's got that ability to climb. He's also got a tail. I want to say. Does he have a tail? Yeah, in some some he does, some he doesn't. I can't remember. Which. There's some I've seen him in something where it might be in the the first of the new ones with Nicholas Holt. I'm sure he had a tail. He was hanging from something by his tail. It only hangs by his feet. He'll hang upside down by his feet. Oh, I thought you had a tail. I may be wrong. But he definitely hangs by his I've feet. Touched, yeah, I've seen Because he takes a stand. You, whenever you see him drawn hanging, what he'll do is hang with one foot 
and yeah. then fold the other one across it. Oh, okay. Almost like a kind of a figure four. Right. It stands up hanging upside like a bat. Essentially okay. hanging upside down on it. Oh, I might be wrong then. So I'd say he doesn't have a tail. I wouldn't. I wouldn't swear by it, but I don't think I, he does. Unless I'm confusing with somebody else. I, was, I thought he had a, a relatively long blue tail with a sort of triangular point. Are you thinking of Avatar now? Possibly. They're all blue. Yeah. Yes. I'm. Yes. I'm a bluist. Um, but yeah, so he certainly has that ability to hang upside down, eh? so the fact he's, he's got thick places he can hide, whereas Beast, I don't think, has that ability to get underneath things and to move around underneath. Was it? No. I mean, effectively, I'm sort of thinking, sort of, I know I'm sort of, we've said it, I've said many times, he's sort of cross between you know, an ape and a, and a cat, or he has sort of ape-like and cat-like features. Kind of think of him more like Spider, because he, he can get underneath, he does have those claws you can dig in with, you can get it. But if, you know, if you've got... Beast looking over one edge, he can get around if you, and he can get around the other side of him. Again, it's that misdirection thing, he can confuse him and to the point where Beast doesn't realise he's behind him. Yeah. And I think that's where the that's where any sort of advantage is gonna come. It's, it's gonna be using the sort of the limited intellect and the limited experience of the beast to yeah. to, 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 to overcome him. Again, using the brain, not necessarily physically, I don't I don't know whether Hank McCoy's beast would be able to to, to hold his own in a fight with the beast, I don't know. Um, and I think that's a big part of this is that if you put them head to head, if you put them in like a, some form of sumo match or some form of wrestling match, then it might it would probably go a different way. But I think for me, the fact that you've got as intelligent uh, a, a character as, as Hank McCoy with the added physicality of being able to to throw down some, I think that is where the, the advantage is going to come. And I think for me, that's yeah. why he's got to win. Yeah, uh, there are. Sorry, there are images of him more recently with a tail. Yes. However, there are also several images without. of him without a tail. Yeah, I knew I hadn't imagined it. Well, I, I didn't think I'd imagined it. Yeah, so, uh, yeah. Anyway. Uh, it doesn't necessarily need to have a tail anyway. No. Um, I, think, I think you're right, though. I think he's definitely got the tactical advantage um, over the beast. Um, and it is, especially if he, can, if he can move around, use the space... You can get behind him. Let's not forget, like, um, Hank's Beast is most of the time when he's fighting just wearing a pair of pants. Yeah. Or, depending on the iteration, maybe like a, a bodysuit. Like yeah, so one, 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 yeah, one of the X Men suits. Whereas the Beast wears some raggedy ass trousers and a cape. Now, that yeah. cape could be both an advantage and a disadvantage. And in this case, I think it's probably a disadvantage. Oh, because God, yeah. if Beast's able to... So if Hank's able to get hold of it... Capes are always a disadvantage. Yeah, I mean, he can get it up over his head and blind him. Yeah, so, or he can get around his neck and choke him with it. And choke him with it, yeah. Where, and, and I don't think the oh. Beast has got a lot to answer for with that. No. Like, it, it's, it's only... Is it the only way he wins is, like say, if we're in a straight-out kind fist of fight, fist fight, yeah... Um, this kind of echoes back a little bit to some of the earlier fights we've had, like where we had uh, the Hulk and Hulk Hogan, whereby yeah. when, if the two directly square off against each other, there is a clear winner. Yeah. But when you bring in some outside factors there... Yeah, you bring in personality, you bring in character, you bring in yeah, brute, history. Brute strength, no question about it, I think, if the Beast has it. Yeah. But, but that's I a... think tactically he is just not going to be able... No. I mean, I think that's I mean the, let's be fair, he struggles against Gaston. Yeah, and I think that, that's what I was going to say, that the whole thing of the Beast is that because he's, you know, he's had this, this life he's had, and he's, um, he's, he's, I think that the whole, the whole moral of the story is about being, you know, about being entitled and being a complete mm-hmm. douche monkey. Um, but, but he's fucking emo is what he is. He's an emo yeah, teenager. Yeah. Um, 
but so he, he never had that life experience. So whereas a lot of the a lot of the other Disney princes you find they've been off to if you look at um, Cinderella, he's mm-hmm. been off to war, he's been off to battle. So yeah, he comes back and he's Prince Charming and he's in a twelve yeah. or whatever. But he's got that life experience and he's got you know, he's seen things that will make him who he is. Beast doesn't have that. No, Beast has no. He's grown up in a castle, presumably with dead parents because we never see them. Um, and then yeah, he's you know, he's turned into an animal and doesn't really know what to do with that. So. All he, the only thing he has in his arsenal is brute strength, brute strength, big teeth and claws, and horns if they're facing the right way. Um, yeah. Whereas um, Hank would let's say he's he's older, he's got the experience, having had the the various fights and arcs he's had with with the many X Men iterations he's had and some of the Avengers iterations he's had. Mm. He's been in battles, he's been in wars, he's been, and he's grown up in a human world where there are guns and tanks and bombs and fucking all sorts. It's not just about tooth and claw. Yeah. And I think in every aspect of a fight, apart from straight up standing stand in front of you, you punch me in the face, I think he's, he's got, got the edge. Yeah, he probably has. Um, I the, think the only way that the Beast can take him is if he somehow gets him on the floor and pins him. And even then, I'm not sure that Hank could probably get out of it. Yeah, Because I mean, he, he does have a degree of strength. Yeah. He's just not as strong. He's not, yeah, he's not necessarily as strong, but I think he's, he's strong enough. Yeah. There's something in there, and I think the other part for me is we've talked about um, where Bell is and all of this. The we talk, we talked earlier on about the fight between Gaston and the Beast, where the Beast is pretty much given up because Bell had gone. Yeah. And Bell coming back gave him a bit of well, gave him a, a, a bit of a boost, it gave him a, a, a pep up, whatever it was, and he started fighting back because all of a sudden he had something to fight for. In this instance, he got something to fight for, but she's right in the middle of it from the start. She's going to be more of a distraction than anything else because part of it is going to be thinking, right, I need to keep her out of harm's way. Yeah. Because whatever happens to me, she needs to not get hurt. Mm. Ideally, I need to throw this fucker off the, off the roof so I can then go back to living my life with her. But she's up here. It's I need to worry. put her away. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's going to be... I mean, that's a distraction. Definitely. You see it it's, you know, in, in, film, in films all over and it's not fights in films where the, the, whole, the whole reason that they're fighting is the thing that throws them off. Mm. Yeah, I think you're right. And again, being being a fucking emo bitch essentially is what he is. Um, he is not going to be able to put that aside tactically. He is run by his emotions, yeah. and he's just going to be he's he's a going to be out of control. But then, but he's not going to be able to bottle that up well enough. Yeah, he's not going to really use it. No, it's just going to be it's like going to be rage. Yeah, it's going to be flat out rage and like bell out of the way distracting him and the rest of it's just going to be get forward get him off the roof as quickly as possible yeah. to get back to bell and that is just playing straight into Hank's hands really yeah. that's it to a point you can also see him um, you can also see him charging at him to a point yeah whereas you can he's going to try and ram him off the, off the roof and Hank's just going to fuck that and lean back well I mean when you look at Hank's agility it's literally if he's if he stood at the, at the edge of the roof and beast charging him he's literally going to be able to alley up over and yeah. take him in the back and send him flying well that, that's it just hop, just hop over the rail and uh, and just give him a give him a shove on his way over yeah. not even that to be honest because I mean I think for I mean, he's got a four. It, like this it, fight is yeah. not to end in a four because he's a Disney character. Yeah, that's it. And we all know the only way you die in a Disney film is by four. Yeah, nobody actually kills you. You fall. You fall. It's, yeah. it's the ground that kills you. Then nobody's yeah, yeah. Like, nobody's truly evil. Um, but yeah, and I think to a point where you, you look at Hank's character and you look at his diplomacy and his logic and the rest of it, you wouldn't even need to give him the shove over the edge. Just let him use his own momentum. Yeah. So if he's charging, you just uh, leave it as late as you can. Drop him. He's got the agility. Just. If he's, for obviously if he's standing on the rail or one side of the rail 
Ali Ababa catch, catch his hand onto it, Beast is going to go straight over the edge. Then yeah. you don't actually need, you don't need to kill him, he'll kill himself. Yeah, you will. Although you can't help but feel there's probably an element of Hank that would then try, try and catch him. Yeah, yeah. And actually save him. Um, which is easily done by grabbing the cape. Um, yeah, but then he's strangling his <laughs> Yeah, and then you're just going to break his neck. So, yeah, so it, that's it, probably what's going to do it. Instead of him falling to his death, he gets hanged. Yeah, and that is probably what's going to do it, because ultimately one of these guys has to die. Yeah, and them's the rules. At that point as well, it, 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 it's, a, it's a good bit of conflict for Hank, because either he drops him and he lets him fall to his death, or he doesn't drop him, but he strangles him. Mm. Now, yeah, I, I think that's what's going to happen. He is going to try and catch him, and yeah. the cape's, the cape's going to strangle him. Yeah. Um, now, Belle's going to see all this go down. So, so there's no reason she can't run off and push Hank off the fucking roof to follow him. Yeah. But, but then again, she got that in her. Well, if, if she's just seen the love of her life be hanged, quite probably. Yeah. But oh, oh, is she, is she going to be logical enough to realise he's trying to save her? He's trying to catch him. Yeah. Because if he wanted to kill him, he could have just let him fall. He could have, yeah. Um, I think either way, it's kind of moot because he's dead. He's dead, yeah. Um, I think definitely. But I think, I think she's logical enough to realise that you know, she's doomed to be a Disney widow. Yeah. But um, but yeah, I think that she's logical enough and reasonable enough to realise that he has tried to help her. She might be pissed off about it, but he's tried to save him. He hasn't. Yeah. Uh, he hasn't set out to hang him. No. Nor set out to throw him off a roof. To be fair, it was yeah. a beast that it started the fucking thing. Yeah, and it's like it's logical own, and reason with it. Yeah, it's yeah. his own. It's his own momentum that's carried him off the edge. Yeah. So it, yeah, ergo, it is his own fault. Yeah. So in the battle of uh, beast versus the beast, uh, which one was which? <laughs> Hank wins. Hank wins. <laughs> so if uh, if you disagree with that, if you have anything to say, you'd like to chat to us, drop us a line at whowinspodcast at gmail dot com or on Twitter at whowinspodcast. Uh, until next time, see you later. See you later.